What's up, guys? My name is Matt. I'm Will. And I'm Nathan. And this is the Carolina Way Pod. Bernard to the 40. Will they catch him? Inside the 20. Giovanni Bernard. Tar Heels are the national dadgum champions. The ceiling is the roof. That's what it's all about right there. That's on the floor. That's on your shirt. That's right. We have a special guest yet again this week on our summer series podcast here, Nathan Watson. Uh, so this idea about how this all came to be was after our best games draft, I was in a group chat with, um, of course, our great listener, Mandy Fitz and Nathan, and he was talking about some of the best games that we missed. And I'd love for you to get to some of these that we weren't students here for and whatnot, Nathan, but then you're like, well, how about we also take into effect some of like the top plays, top moments? Well, if so, I can like kind of punch in like yep. to that, like, yeah, I texted it. You know, I texted one of my game submissions was uh, the football game versus Duke in 2019. And Mandy responded and was kind of like, you know what? Like I was thinking about that game, but, uh, you know, I didn't pick it because I was just so mad about, you know, like the fumble on the one yard line. And I thought, you know what, that's a good point. And I actually, like, went back. I was watching highlights today, and you know, I kind of realized, like, actually it wasn't, like, the best game. So it's – but what really overshadows that, obviously, is that – is the play, like, you know, preview for later. So that was – like, got me thinking, like, okay, yeah, maybe, like, sometimes we just think the best – we just commit to memory the best plays in Carolina sports history rather than the – um rather than the game, the entire game. And that's, like, came up with our draft idea today, so – yeah, so before we get into that, I wanted to ask you a few questions. Well, our listeners get to know you a little bit, Nathan. So tell us, like, how you became a UNC fan. Did that lead to you to want to apply to UNC, specifically, like, through sports? And then how did you get involved with Carolina Fever? Um, and then any or other, like, um, athletic involvement once you got to UNC? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I'm a pretty – run of the mill, I thought I'd say like born, bred, dead kind of story. Um, my dad um, went to Carolina. He was here in the 90s. Um, and so I grew up a Carolina fan. Obviously, he's a graduate and um, he's the only one of like his brothers, my uncles that went here, but all of them are diehard Carolina fans. Um, so I grew up a diehard fan as well. My earliest Carolina, I was, you know, I would say this, my earliest Carolina basketball memory was um, my dad let me stay up with him and, you know, his brothers, like we're all over my grandparents' house to watch the 2005 national championship game. Um, and I was only in second grade. Um, and I just, I mean, I still remember us winning that game. And the older I got, like, you know, I didn't obviously connect with that as much as, as young as I was, but like the older I got, the more I started getting into Carolina sports, um, primarily basketball while I was at home. And, you know, I didn't really, get into Carolina all the other sports till till a little bit later so I got here but Carolina growing up was always my dream school it's where my dad went it's where I was a fan all my life you know I applied my senior year of high school I got in and it was the only I only applied to two schools and this was one of them this is the only place I ever wanted to go and so I ended up here um and then I want to say like my you know my orientation I come in obviously like big time Carolina basketball fan like that's the big thing like most freshmen think your most freshmen kind of come is like okay how do we get to basketball games and you know pretty sure is that my orientation where I hear about this club uh Carolina Fever and they're like that's the way to get the tickets and so you know starting from my freshman year um kind of like 
just like Will and Mandy were talking um, a couple episodes ago, like you start hustling, you find out about all the fever games, you go to all the fever games, and then you can go to um, go to the basketball games. And I think even my, fresh, my freshman year, I think I only lost one lottery. It was Duke, of course, you know, but um, I still got in standby, but that was the only lottery I think I lost. But uh, the other thing that happened, though, is like going to these fever games is I just developed like a love for just all Carolina sports. Like I legitimately, you know, some people I think, Will knows this as a, as a fellow fever director, but there's definitely other people that kind of just go to the fever games and swipe in and maybe try and sneak out and not actually watch the games. But I actually got really invested in all the sports, not just, which is what I think Carolina fever is supposed to be about. Um, you know, we want to support our lacrosse team, our field hockey team, our volleyball team, everything, because we're pretty dang good at sports here at the university of North Carolina. Um, and so like that obviously led me to apply to be a director um, after my sophomore year, which I did, I was a Carolina Fever director my junior and senior year. I just graduated like Will and Matt, Mandy uh, in May. And that was an awesome two years, even though one of the years, I guess we didn't do a whole lot due to COVID, but had a lot of fun and uh, it was a blast supporting all the Carolina sports teams. And I like plan to continue to follow and keep track of everything, not just football and basketball. I had a quick question because um, your story from a young age sounds a lot like mine. Like 05 championship was literally my first time kind of watching Carolina sports at all. Um, in terms of basketball, who was your first favorite player, would you say? My first favorite player? You know, like obviously I say like I watched 2005, but I was way too young. But I think my first favorite player would be Tyler Hansbro. You know, he's the game, man. That was about the, you know, it kind of. I watched 2005 and then you have the little gap in your memory, but then like 2009 comes around and that's the team I remember. Um, I wish I could go back and enjoy it, you know, watch it again. Cause I still wasn't quite like dialed in all the way, but I definitely remember Tyler Harris, but I remember him being the best guy. Um, but so he would be my first, you know, the first favorite player. And then obviously more to follow that 2012 team. I'm still bitter about Tyler Zeller, Kendall Marshall, Kendall Marshall is probably my favorite on that team. But I mean, I always say that team should have won a national championship. Um, and then, like, continued on, obviously, Marcus Page, Joel Berry, Theo Benson, Bryce Johnson, all the way through Luke May, Cam Johnson, Kobe, all the way to today. So, yeah, we've been spoiled for sure. We have. Yeah, Nathan, kind of what you're saying, first off, was I didn't even hear about, like, Carolina Fever or that you could actually go to all the basketball games when I took my tour at UNC. And mm. it was, like, all the way at orientation, like, months later after I got in and taking the tour before that, that I actually heard that you could go to all of these. So I was like, wow, like, why is no one even talking about Carolina Fever? That's like, why wouldn't everyone want to do this? So I was shocked that Nike, um, not everyone had that commitment to sports. So um, through yeah, that- So if any more listeners are upcoming freshmen or undergrads at UNC now that aren't doing it, do Carolina Fever. Yeah, absolutely. Like you didn't, you don't even need spring points necessarily, especially this year going into the fall you might miss like maybe the first few football games but if you want to go to all the basketball games that's how you do it is going to the fever events and kind of like you said first to Nathan like I went to the games like with people that I want to be friends with great way to like bond with them and stuff and then also all our teams were winning especially at home so then why wouldn't you want to also follow these uh, teams because they were so good so then you could boast to everyone else about how good your school was at all the sports. Which yeah, I remember thinking, sorry, but I was like, I remember thinking pretty deep into my freshman year. I was like, do we ever actually like lose fever games? You know, I, don't, <laughs> I don't remember how deep it was before. Like I actually like went to a game that we actually lost, you know? 
Well, doing some prep for tonight, I was going through and because I was looking at some of my first like year and stuff that maybe a game or two that I might have forgotten. And Matt, I think we won. It's crazy. Like we beat Duke, like in all these sports I went to in the fall, uh, continued on into the spring. Uh, so I actually can't tell you the first game that I've been to where um, we lost to Duke in like any of these, because all these Duke games, of course, are fever events. And we always were beating them. And there was supposedly like a few spots below us, I believe, like always rain, not even a bad team. But we were just always so dominant. Yeah, I know uh, obviously our wasn't or haven't been as heavily uh, into fever as y'all, but fever definitely showed me like different sports. I had never watched a field hockey game. Pretty sure I've said this on this pod a few times before. Um, Carolina like I had no idea what was going on I enjoyed watching lacrosse so it was actually cool to be able to watch lacrosse live because I never watched a lacrosse game live and uh, just those different sports fever is great for the basketball and football because you get into those games but even uh, as Nathan said just getting to go to those smaller sports uh, is a big part of it hot take I just thought of I don't know if it will be true if I actually think about it for long but um, basketball and football especially like men's basketball are so easy to watch on TV, but the fever events I feel like are an even better experience when you're actually at the game. Mm. Um, like the others, like they're great at home too, but um, there's something different about going to a women's volleyball game, um, track and field event, tennis, for goodness sake, like all those experiences kind of hit different when you're actually there. Lacrosse is a pretty tough one to watch on TV. I would say too, like, you know, it's hard to keep track of where the ball's at or, and see what's going on, you know, but like when you're in person, that atmosphere, that environment, especially those games in Keenan. Woo. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And the crowd likes to get into it too a good bit. They, you don't always hear on the TV. Yeah. I feel like I'm heard at those uh, like uh, GoFundMe sports, as we call them on here. When yeah. you go to those games, the arena is never absolutely like packed. So you feel like you actually have uh, as a student have a say in how the game goes because uh, we, we're kind of hurt a little bit more than we would be in the Dean Dome or, or at Keenan for a football game. I would say that much is especially true with um, with soccer more than anything else. Those are the ones where, like, we get really – as fever, we tend to get really rowdy. And, you know, we've had players kind of, like, on the other team, like, mouth back off at us before because, you know, we kind of get under their skin. You can see visibly, like, the impact we're having on, on the game there. Nathan, I don't know if you noticed this, but um, national championship game this year with field hockey – um, when Michigan players were coming out of the locker room, like when the first ones, like the first um, time seeing a huge crowd at the game, I saw one girl look at like a few of her teammates and we're like, this is what we like came here for. Like, let's like quiet them all down. Like we're the underdogs, uh, like, like trying to play into that so much, but as much as you want to do it, like there's nothing like being the home favorite um, yeah. and being supported by everyone at that game. Exactly. And that national championship crowd was was next level, too. I mean, I'd be interested to know, like, if the stadium had been full capacity, like, I guarantee you, they still would have been people packed alongside, like, you know, the non-stadium seats, too. So, but yeah, I didn't I didn't notice that. But that's that's funny. They tried. They did their best. Yeah. And um, obviously, uh, students were already in their head before they even showed up to the arena. So that's nice. <laughs> yeah. And um, I feel like a lot of times the parents can play a huge role in it. Uh, like the opposing fans can like bring a huge energy that kind of gets rid of like the home field advantage a little bit. But for a lot of our games, I feel like, especially fever games, 
uh, the crowd has been so good that like they're kind of um, knowed a little bit, but yeah. And I think the athletes notice differences too. You know, I don't think like the athletes don't necessarily always know about fever, but like I've talked to athletes a couple of times, you know, like here and there that like I've had in classes and I was like kind of asking like, do you even like kind of know what Carolina fever is? And a lot of times they'll be like, no, not really. But sometimes I'll just be like, do you notice like some of your games, there's just more student involvement and it's more hype. And they'll be like, oh yeah, yeah. Like that's awesome. That's always the best ones. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's like kind of what fever does. Like we love like supporting you guys. Like can't make it out to every game, but like, we try and make the best environment possible for all of you. Cause like, you know, we want a student seat. I want to, you know, emphasize to them like a student seat university, whether it's like a volleyball player or a lacrosse player or anything like that. I want to emphasize like, we've got your, your back as well. Like we know what you're doing. We appreciate what you're doing. We're excited for you, not just for our football guys and basketball guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of transitioning now into our draft. Uh, Nathan is our elder statesman here. Can you um, tell us all about um, when you first enrolled as a student? just to give us an idea of how much um, game experience you have going into this. Give a little background. Well, for I think the, the biggest thing about this story is what game experience I don't have, right, Will? I mean, you've heard, Absolutely. This, you've heard, you've heard this story so many times, I almost feel bad telling it again. Will has to listen to it one more time. But <laughs> I would um, tell it, but Nathan does a much better job telling it than I do. <laughs> well, as uh, – as you know, as Will said, like they always like everyone likes to joke about me being the, the elder statesman or the oldest guy. I actually enrolled at UNC back in uh, 2015. So 2015-16 was my uh, freshman year of college. And after that, I'm a I'm a Mormon. So um, after my freshman year, I went and did my two year uh, Mormon mission. I actually was in Southern California, you know, just working out there, doing stuff out there with it. Um, and then I came back into school. Um, so in the 2018, 2019 year, and I just finished up, you know, did my next three years and finished up here in 2021. Um, and so if, you know, people familiar with their Carolina timelines might recognize that um, this is the one thing that I'll, I mean, I, it was an incredible experience. I loved what I did, the work I did in 2000 or out in Southern California. Um, loved the people, met some incredible people, did a lot, grew a lot as a person. Um, I wouldn't, you know, change that for anything, but I will say like, I will be a little bit bitter always is my freshman year. Uh, 2016, um, Marcus Page hits an absolutely insane shot to tie the national championship game against Villanova with uh, 4.7 seconds on the clock. And I'll, you know, obviously I'll always remember those numbers because I think we all know what happened later. Like we don't have to get into that. But then you like to point out, I wasn't in school the next year in 2017. um, And we all know what happened there as well. Um, I don't like to talk about it, but uh, funny, 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 like funny thing about that is the exact same thing happened to my dad. He did his freshman year. And then the like first year he was gone on his trip was uh, the 93 national championship. So we both, we both missed a title. So I guess like give it 20, 25 years or so, maybe I can send a son out here and we can get another one that way. Um, oh, the Watson curse. Is what yeah. it like. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. There might be a little bit pain involved potentially for us. But there will us, be some sort. <laughs> um, I guess it comes down to is we'll sacrifice for the good of the entire yeah. fan base, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but so, yeah, like Will mentioned, you know, like if our criteria for our draft that we're about to do is things that we, you know, witnessed in person, I can pull a couple from the 2015-16 season because, you know, like people like may not or people think like obviously we were really good in basketball that year, but we were actually really really good in football that year too. Um, we lost our season opener and then we're undefeated and actually went to the ACC championship game that year against Clemson. So I've got a couple, I can share a couple football plays from that year. That was a heartbreaking end to the season also with Clemson. Yeah. game. We weren't offsides, but anyway. Uh, no shot. 
Um, so the way we'll do it, I'll go ahead and explain kind of how we're going to go about it. It's going to be snake. You know how we've been doing the last few. So Nathan will go first, Will, and then I. Um, we're going to be choosing four of our favorite moments or plays since we've been a student at UNC. And then our fifth pick and our last pick will be um, our just favorite moment or play overall since, since we've been watching Carolina sports. So, uh, Nathan, I'll pass off to you for your first pick, and we'll go on from there. All right. So, I got the first overall. Um, I don't know if this is necessarily what I take as my first overall, like, outside of the circumstances, but I'm going to take it because this is kind of the play, like, the play that kind of kicked off this entire idea, I suppose. I'm going to go with Chad Surratt's goal line interception against Duke in um, 2019. Um, I think we all remember, like, obviously remember that as it, absolutely massive massive play um michael carter fumbles on the goal line that would have ended the game um and we're like it's okay like they still got to go 90 yards um and they i mean they still need a touchdown they got to go 90 yards the clock's not their friend like it's okay i remember being like it's okay it's okay um but then they just march right down we had a couple like fourth down and even had to stop a couple crucial 15 yard penalties i remember and they just kept marching 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 next thing we knew um it was on, they were on the goal line. And I was having flashbacks to the year before where it seemed like we lost every game at the end. And then they throw the jump pass or they attempt the jump pass and Chaz picks it off. And I got to say, that's got to be the only time anybody's ever been like the surrender Cobra, but like for a win. Cause I, I mean, I still remember that was like, I, I couldn't believe it. I had my hands on my head. I was like, I was in shock. And, you know, normally that's the universal sign of a heartbreaking loss but this was me I just in shock that was how the game ended and obviously the stadium erupted and that's what everybody remembers for that game that's the game that uh Chaz went from the quarterback that changed to a linebacker to oh wait he's actually a pretty good linebacker so uh because I know to that point I'm like you know he wasn't the best quarterback is is he really going to be able to play the defensive side of the ball and obviously he turned out to be a great defensive player but that's really maybe his biggest highlight definitely top three biggest highlight at Carolina. Yeah, it's absolutely full circle. I remember, um, I guess maybe a year, two years ago, so freshman year for me at least, Chaz Surratt, I think it was against Duke too here. He did like a, I can't even explain it, but a two-hand behind the head, like a soccer throw-in pass that got intercepted by Duke, which I think at that point cost us the game. Like we were on maybe our, our last drive or something. And Duke went on to win because of that at UNC. And then this time, he's making the play defensively for us to win the game. So, I mean, it was so poetic, even though I was very upset that we fumbled the ball at the one, um, especially because where we were at, we had already been, I think, pretty shaky with our red zone scoring already. Um, I did a little research in this game, too, and it was first and goal, 17 seconds left for Duke, and we were only up three. So, worst-case scenario, we're going into – um, Worst case for Duke, they're going into overtime with us. Yeah. So um, it just makes it even more unbelievable that that actually happened. And that's a game where I actually remember where I was in the stands. I actually, like, the next morning, like, Mon or not the next morning, but I think it was, like, Monday morning, I was actually walking to class and I actually saw Chaz, like, right outside Hamilton Hall. Um, I didn't really say anything to him or anything, but I just kind of looked up and I was like, oh, there's Chaz. And I just kind of, like, just held up a fist. And you know, I think he saw me and kind of, like, nodded. But it's like... Just a little, like, fun coda to that. <laughs> um, before I get to my pick here, I did, since I am reading that 
um, Mia Hamm book oh, yes. that I showed last week on the pod that where Matt saw my stuff. But <laughs> I had read 50 pages at that point, but I'll give another little interesting tidbit. I guess I'll do maybe a Mia Hamm interesting fact of the week before I get going here. But actually at UNC, because um, Mia's dad was in like the military and they were moving around a bunch. Um, when she got to UNC, they actually moved overseas. I can't remember where. Um, for a time period. So she was still not 18 at the time. So Anson Dorrance actually became became her legal guardian. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Who I know. So had already coached her since she was 15. Um, I guess already World Cup champion and then comes to UNC um, and Anson was her legal, legal guardian. So I thought that was pretty cool. That's amazing. I, I never even... <laughs> I know it's funny she's like so humble and everything she just kind of drops in these amazing like facts just out of nowhere wow. I'm <laughs> had to read that just book. like just in passing yeah you sold me on the book and that's what you're trying to do you sold <laughs> me on the book. <laughs> um with my play here I'm gonna have to go with one uh, Nathan took one where we are all eligible to pick it so that was kind of almost unfair so I'm gonna kind of <laughs> go for the same vibe here as well <laughs> I'm, I'm being very strategic I'm going UNC Miami, um, the Sam Howell, the specifically the Sam Howell fourth and 17 pass play to Toe Groves. We had just gotten sacked on, I believe, third and 10 late in the game. We were losing uh, 20 to 17, or maybe, can't remember the score exactly, but we were losing. And um, that was the ball game right there if we didn't convert the play. And the stadium was patched, like the first real night game experience I got to have at UNC and just like uh, with the Chester rap, like insurmountable odds, like the moment was almost as big as the play ended up being. And we were able to make it happen, which started probably, um, you know, really cementing Sam Howell's legacy at UNC a little bit early on. Yeah. Hey, you definitely stole my pick there, Will, thanks. Um, <laughs> I was definitely on my big board too. Yeah. With my first pick, I'm a, Mm, that was going to be my pick. So let me, you know, this is what the draft room is like. I'm going with what truly um, started the Mac Brown, Sam Howell, greatest duo era. Howell spinning out of that tackle against South Carolina. I was at the game. This is in Charlotte. And making that pass that should have never made it through the South Carolina defender's hands. But it did somehow because it was fate. And um, Carolina goes on to win that game down 20 to nine at one point, I think. In the fourth quarter, if I remember right. Yeah, exactly. I was at the I was at the game as well. I'm from Concord, North Carolina, oh, just nice. north of Charlotte. And that was Labor Day weekend, so I was going home anyway. And shout out Fever, got his tickets. I was at that game as well, Matt. Perfect game. Um, didn't really know. We, had, we hadn't won a, a series opener against a Power Five in so many years. Hadn't really won a big game in a while. So that game really just – and that play really just cemented uh, the Mac Brown era, I feel like. I can agree with that. Like, you know, just, you know, coming into that, like, five game, won five games in the last two years, we still didn't really know what to expect. Like, are we actually going to be able – like, I don't think any of us expected it to, you know, to turn around so quickly. And I think that game right there was just the – especially with the benefit of hindsight was definitely the indicator of what was to come. Yeah, I think we were underdogs in that game. If I remember correctly, we started out pretty slow as well. Um, definitely didn't have the lead 
most of the game either. Um, sadly, I was not at that game. So that's one that I always regret that I was not able to make it to. But um, yeah, like you said, Matt, great way to start the, um, the turnaround with Mac. All right, my turn again, isn't it? It is. All right, this is more of a moment. This isn't really an exact play, but I had to go ahead and take this because I don't know if you guys were thinking about moments, but Rory Williams kissing the floor this year after the Duke game. Um, I saw it, uh, started panicking, and I actually told it. We have it live on the Carolina Way pod. I told to Will, and he was like, oh, no, there's no way. Uh, you know, at that point, and then Will convinced me I'm like crazy to even think that. So, you know, I left it. But it ended up did being his last home game at Carolina, kissing the floor. So uh, it still hasn't set in that he isn't the coach at Carolina, but I feel like in years to come, that might be the biggest moment since I was a student at Carolina that, that I'll see. Yeah, I know. I'm kind of regretting now that I got you that ticket to go to the game, Matt. <laughs> um, great moment. Um, I, I definitely see you were kind of talking to me like right after the game about it. And I didn't think it was that big of a deal because I believed Roy too much after the game when he said it wasn't a big deal. So I just listened to my dad and said, all right, it's not a big deal. <laughs> but uh, yeah, little did we know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, all-time moment, like all-time coach, all-time man. We def like I agree, like just definitely hasn't set in yet. We'll have to see. I mean, probably won't set in until November of this year would be my guess. Yeah. And Matt, um, if you can get a picture of Roy actually kissing the court, it's going to look great on your graphic big board. Yeah. So, props on that too. <laughs> I'm sure you're, I'm, you're pretty good with the graphic design too, so I wouldn't be surprised if you try and Make oh, you know, with my more. picks, with my picks, I'm already thinking about what that graphic's going to look like. <laughs> um, now for mine, I'm going to go my, you know what, no, I'm going to go 2018, um, so still my freshman year, UNC women's basketball against Duke. We were unranked. Duke was top 10 at least at the time, if not like top five. And we'd been down most of the game, down nine points with about two minutes left. Anyway, with 1.8 seconds left in the game, Paris Key, who had 36 points in the game, ties the game with a three-pointer against Duke to send it to overtime and later on winning the game for us. That's a great pick. Uh, I actually had that as one of my top it, top ones I uh, was going to choose. So keep stealing my picks, Will, and we're going to have some big well, ones. <laughs> well, that was also a fever game, so the crowd was electric. Um, I mean, really great game. And this, as I said earlier, continued my little streak of not losing to Duke um, in person or just any event in general that – um, even in this game where Duke was supposed to beat us, had a much better season than us, like went to the tournament. Um, I don't know if we did or not. I don't think so. Um, we were still able to beat Duke. I think that's like one of the greatest things about our women's basketball team is they're just, they're always good for like a couple of upsets over our, like our in-state rivals. You know, it doesn't matter how good NC State is. We're going to knock off at least one game every year as an underdog. Yep. Casually beats number one Notre Dame in uh, like the following year. Um, 
it, I, it just does not make sense at all. Like we play a great game. It's not even like the other team isn't making shots. We're just ballistic out there from three. And um, Janelle Bailey's been was dominant inside. And then other games, we just can't hit any shots. Nathan, you want to take us with uh, the pick and then the wraparound? Yes, sir. So first, my two picks here. Um, I'm going to go back to the same game Matt referenced, um, the Duke game this last year, my senior night, Will's senior night. Um, it couldn't have been a better senior night, in all honesty. Like, I just remember we, like, blitzed them from the get-go. We blew them out, like, early, and then just game was never really uh, – never really seemed at risk. And, you know, there's something to be said about exciting games come down to the wire, but sometimes with Duke it's refreshing to just get a game where it's never in doubt at the same time. You know, it's for Duke, at least, it's always fun to just drub them um, start to finish. But the, and so, like, in all honesty, like, you know, this one play didn't really have a whole lot of bearing on the game, obviously. Um, you know, take it out and the game's still a drubbing. But, like, for what it was emotionally, um, I got to go with Sterling Manley dunk in the closing seconds. Um, this week, you know, we know, if you've been following Carolina basketball, you know, Sterling Manley has just been dealing with injuries been sidelined for I think it was like almost two straight years um you know I don't I don't know exactly what he was doing I think it was like knee injuries and stuff but um heck of a player great um great guy um a lot of adversity in his career and to see him out there I mean I remember this play um you just he had a tremendous kind of break on the ball it was the end of the game you know KJ Smith had just gotten the ball um, kind of under the basket and Manly was already almost all the way down the court. And I was like sitting there screaming, like, look at Sterling, look at Sterling. Cause I wanted it so bad for him. Um, and then to the ball, like KJ made the pass to Andrew Playtech and then um, Playtech threw the lob up and Manly threw it down. And I mean, the stadium just erupted. There were only about 3000 people there, but obviously as you know, it was a, the COVID game, but mostly students. And I just remember um, the stadium just absolutely erupting. And then, of course, he gets the block on the other end, too, um, the next play uh, right at the other end. And, you know, it's always incredible to, to go back and to watch it. Like, I was in preparation for this, I was watching – I watched highlights for a little over an hour this afternoon, you know, just taking me back. I watched everything on my board. And it's crazy to, great to see, like, Garrison, you know, emotional on the sidelines. And I'm not going to lie, like, Watching Sterling throw that dunk down, I think, was the closest I've ever gotten to, like, crying at a Carolina sports game. Because I'm not not usually a big crier, but, like, even I was emotional um, for what that one meant. Yeah, that's what yeah, senior uh, night is all about. Like, just this guy that obviously was supposed to be a big-time player still has the ability. I mean, I've seen highlights this summer. I mean, he might end up becoming a big-time player still. But um, injuries cut that short. But then he has his night of fame to really show off what he can be and also just a big-time play on on his night um, and also just beating Duke. I mean, that's a big-time thing. Beating Duke would have been enough, but for Sterling Manley to have his his one play to shine, that was definitely a big-time moment. And I know we're always excited when we have a class with any athlete at UNC, but for basketball player, Sterling Manley was like the closest, I guess, like connection, friend type thing that I had uh, to the program with any of the players that I remember freshman year, one of my sweet mates had a class with him. So they were partnered up on something. So they were, he was telling me everything that happened. So we had been following Sterling's career the entire time. So we'd never really forgotten about him while well, maybe other people have. So um, luckily at the very end of the game, I was videoing it and I was able to get, like you said, Nathan, the dunk of Sterling, I think it was on one end. And then while they were coming down, they were showing the, um, I, I guess, bench reactions on the video board. 
and they're showing Garrison Brooks crying. So I was able to get that on my video as well. Um, and that was like very powerful. Um, I mean, in the whole context of the game, that was like one of my big takeaways. Like, do you see the Sterling Dunk block at the end of the game and like how pumped he was about it? It's that Carolina family for sure. Full effect. All right. And I guess like wrapping around my next pick, I'm going to do some, I guess, some GoFundMe love here. Um, and I have to go with the go one of many. I mean, we have multiple here at UNC, obviously, but I'm going to have to go with Aaron Matson's game winning goal in the national championship this past year. The 2020 national championship took place in 2021, obviously, but um, just cold blooded off the penalty corner. Um, solo shot or solo play game winning goal. And I don't know, Will, if you remember this, but, you know, Will and I both like he got real. I mean, Will's been in it, but I got super, super into the field hockey team this last year, just kind of after like watching the run that they'd absolutely been on. And I just got fully invested this year. I actually went to several games that weren't even fever games and with not even anybody else. I just wanted to be in the just to be in the stadium, just to watch them work. But uh, this national team, you know, I'm not quite as invested as Will. Will's got so many personal friends on the team, but um. Will and I were standing right next to each other the whole game um, on that hill, right on the right outside the stadium watching the game. And I don't know if you remember this, but um, so what happens is, you know, in, in hindsight, it was over when this happens, Aaron Matson gets fouled in the little penalty area for the field hockey game. And you'd see her uh, chirping the other team. And so like, you know, benefit of hindsight, you'd see like, okay, like it's over now. She's chirping at Michigan players. Um but so they take the penalty corner and I think like the rule is you got to hit the ball like two or three times off of that before you can actually shoot it. And so a lot of times they'll like run plays that involve multiple players and stuff. But this time, like instead, like she, Aaron Matson just received the, the kind of, I think they call it the insert and just kind of took it ISO by herself. And she kind of got blocked off and um, didn't make a, didn't really get a good shot off, but she got fouled again, bringing up another penalty. And Will, I don't know if you remember this, but I like turned to you and I was like, maybe like run something other than ISO Aaron this time, like off the second one. Um, turns out um, I shouldn't have doubted the uh, reigning national player of the year, um, the field hockey goat, because they just ran ISO Aaron again. Um, and that time just clinical clutch and it was sudden death. So it was game over. Yeah, they called salsa, right? Salsa. Salsa is <laughs> the name of the play. Yeah, it didn't make sense to me either because they had never done an ISO air and played like that before. Like they'd always worked it around or if she was going to get it, um, they at least like did something else and then passed it to her. They didn't just make it so blatant that she's going to be the one taking the shot. Uh, but yeah, you know, the whole game, the uh, play, like all of it was top notch. Something I, I will always remember too. The same way Will regrets uh, not going to that South Carolina game, uh, I regret not going to that game. Will, you know, we were supposed to go together. I forgot what happened. Something happened right around that time. I didn't get to go. In your defense, it was the middle of finals week. Yeah, that was the middle of finals week. Uh, Ended up being a all-time classic. Obviously, you have, as you said, one of the GOATs. Uh, People after that game were actually tweeting that maybe she's the greatest UNC athlete of all time. So – you know, definitely missed history, but that's a great all-time play in Carolina sports. All right, now for mine. Um, 
now that we've kind of done some of the top notch ones, now it's kind of getting even more difficult because there's so many more like um, next level plays that you can pick from here. I'm going to go with, um, wow. Yeah, I got to go Theo Pinson, Duke game, my freshman year, 2018, um, February. Just kind of like, what it meant for me, like that absolute moment of waiting the first being a UNC fan my entire life and then never really going to uh, too many games, but always watching them on TV. But now you're going to the Duke game, it being big time, like putting so much effort into it. Um, and then to not only go, but then to win the game. And then at the very end, once you already know you're going to win after it being so tight, seeing Theo Pinson come in, and steal the ball, get a pass, and dunk it right in front of you, and send in the Dean Dem as loud as I've ever heard it. Um, was like really the perfect moment. Can never go wrong with a Theo highlight. All right. Um, so I get two. I'm going uh, GoFundMe Sports. I'll stay on that Nathan path. Will, me and you've spoke about this moment plenty of times on the pod, but when field hockey pulled the goalie with five minutes to go against Princeton down what three, one, I think it was at that point and outscore without a goalie, uh, end up winning four to three Princeton had traveled their fans traveled, their parents traveled. They were all there. They thought they were going to upset the number one team in the country. I think we were on a 25 or 26 game win streak at that point. Um, and you know, they should have never actually thought that this is a university of national champions, but yeah, just pulling the goalie uh, and then ended up just killing them to end that five minute stretch was definitely one of the greatest moments since I've been a student. And then. That one actually like, I want to throw that in. If we're like talking regrets. Um, I was at like the first half of that game, I want to say, but I actually had to work that night. Um, I had to work a shift over at the SRC and so, you know, I, I showed up, made my appearance, um, my uh, mandatory appearance as a fever director, but I had to leave a little after, I want to say a little after halftime. And I'll always regret, like, I always regret, like, dang, because everybody, like, always talks about how that's one of their favorite fever events of all time and, like, the incredible comeback, and I actually didn't get to see it. Um, so, I think, you know, that, that can fit, completes the trifecta of all of us, like, missing out but I guess that's a good thing to have when there's so many there's so many like incredible plays in UNC history you can't hope to see them all and Nathan is actually notorious for not really knowing the score of field hockey games when he shows up to them there's been multiple times that he's gone to games set beside me um just been having a great time thinking that we're winning easily and we're actually like tied game losing <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't realize why we we're all so tense so it's actually kind of funny because you don't actually have to watch the scoreboard too many times at those games. Yeah, just, Will's over there stressing. <laughs> Will is over there stressing. I remember that one. All right, I got one more uh, for the current student. Um, I'm going – this game wasn't a big-time game, but it's one of my favorite games since I've been at Carolina. Luke May hitting the shot to go into overtime against Miami – the overall game really makes this one special to me, but just Luke May, it reminded me of the Kentucky shot all over again, honestly. Um, he hits that, like, little corner shot. I want to say it was like a Kobe White, Luke May pick and roll. He popped, 
Kobe throws it to him, clutch as always, and the game goes into overtime, and Carolina ends up winning it. Yeah, and I remember yeah, that Matt, game. I know, like, you mentioned that game. I think you selected it as one of your top games as well. Like, that's kind of – I kind of figured you would take this play. But I remember thinking, like, I think we discussed this when you talked about it. But, man, that was a noon tip on a Saturday. Yeah. Um, those phase one tickets, like, to get in line. I mean, we had to get up early on a Saturday. And as college students, that's not an easy thing to do. And I just remember being, too, like, I don't know if, like, the difference was, like, we hadn't played all that well or if it was just, like, a classic example of Chris likes lighting us up. But, like – you know, we've been, I think we're trailing most of the game, right? And it's like, you get into these things and it's like, it's just Miami. We should be winning this game by double digits comfortably. Like that can be like, you know, the frustration can be like emotionally draining as well. And I just remember being like dead tired and just kind of disappointed. Like I'd already chalked it up as a loss. And I remember like Luke May hitting that shot. And I was like, you know, ecstatic, obviously we keep winning, but at the same time, a small part of me was like, I'm so tired. Like in this game, she's going into overtime. Now I have to deal with this stress as well. Like, I just remember being gassed, but uh, and I wasn't even playing. <laughs> yeah, imagine them. Imagine Kobe White dropping like 33, I think. But yeah, but you know, obviously, like yeah. you said we won and then it ended up all being worth it. Yeah, yeah that was a perfect example of how great it is being like actually at the game. Because if I was not watching the game or at home, like on that Saturday, like doing whatever, sleeping in, and I saw that we barely won, I'd be upset of how bad we played and whatnot. But actually being there, like I actually got to celebrate like Luke May shot and like how good that was. And that was on my short list too, Matt. I was thinking about taking that next actually. Um, I mean, it was a great play. It was an an easy game that we could have given away too, because Miami was playing so well, but I mean, Luke May stepped up when we need the most and hit the shot. All right. Now um, for mine, I'm going to have to go with women's lacrosse. Uh, 2018, this is, I think, my first ever uh, lacrosse game, not even men's or women's, but just in general, um, the game that I've ever even watched. And it was number one Maryland visiting UNC, ranked number seven. And it was a back-and-forth game most of the way, and you know, it was great, of course. And we had to score two goals straight. We are down 15-13, as I'm looking back on it, um, within, like, three minutes left of the game. We scored first with 22 seconds left in the game to send it to overtime. Then the game winner by Marie McCool to win the game for us against Maryland. Um, the atmosphere, everything about it was, you know, like exactly as you would expect from fever, but um, that game was um, very cool to see the like stakes of it all. Like you didn't know that the cross was like ever that uh, pressure pat, but like it was just, Biggest like the basketball game that I'd just been to. I think it was like right after, um, like a like an ACC game. But I enjoyed that even more. Another great pick. Sure. All right. So for my fourth and final pick for this draft, um, I guess like we hyped it all up. I have to go my freshman year. Um, and I guess like kind of like Matt used a couple things ago. This is, I mean, we're gonna call it like a moment an entire moment all around a singular play, I guess. But I'm going Marcus Page's first three of his senior year. Um, And so, you know, a little bit of backstory, a little bit of context around it is if you remember, um, Marcus Page broke, like, caught his jersey in somebody's hand or caught his hand in somebody's jersey, if you remember, like, about a month, I want to say, before his senior season. 
uh, start and broke his hand. So he was actually sidelined for the first um, month of that season on the uh, number one preseason, um, number one preseason team, obviously, and then loses like our senior starting point guard. It's a, a huge loss. Um, and, you know, he probably should have been able, like that team should have been able to handle it. But, you know, the last game before he comes back, we actually traveled. It was Roy's thing where, you know, he likes to take his seniors to play like a home game, if you will. And we travel the University of Northern Iowa and get upset as the number one team. So right off the bat, like, you know, we should have probably been still been the number one team. But the next game, um, probably the my first like huge, huge game, basketball game is Carolina student. My first lottery game, actually first basketball game is a lottery is the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Um, we're at home that year against Maryland. And so it probably should have been like the number one team versus the number three team or so, you know, but it ended up being Maryland was number two coming into our place and we dropped to number nine. Um, and I just remember like that was my first experience with like a huge, um, you know, like a huge game, a lottery game. And I just remember the energy was just palpable. Like you could feel it in the air all around campus all day long, like I swear. And then like I got to that game, it was a 9 p.m. tip-off. You know, we had the late game. And um, I got to that game at like 5 o'clock, 5.30 to wait in line with a good friend of mine from high school. And just the energy and the line and everything going in. And then we get into the game and, you know, they're announcing the starting five. Everybody already knows Marcus is coming back, so it didn't come as a surprise. But um, they announced him fifth out of all the starters. And uh, the PA announcer doesn't even get all the way through. You know, he's trying to say like a six – however tall he was, 6'1", however tall he was, point guard from Marion Iowa. He doesn't even get through, like, the height, I swear, like, position before he's just, like, drowned out by the roar of the crowd. You know, everybody's ecstatic. We got our guy back. Um, and then, like, first play of the game, like, we win the tip. Marcus brings it up the court, drives the basket, and kind of gets stopped, but he's able to kick it out to Kennedy Meeks for an easy bucket. Um, so right off the bat, you know, everyone's ecstatic, gets excited. Um, and then Maryland gets the ball, brings it up, and we have a stop. And then I think they turn it over and – we're bringing it back up again and ball ends up kicked out to Marcus on the three point line. And he just lets it fly and pure swish. Um, and so the first three pointer of Marcus Page's senior year, his first three point attempted is just a, a pure swish. And that just goes like kind of set the tone for the rest of his year. And it was just incredible to see him back. He got like his fingerprints on the game already. And the, you know, the Dean Dome was rocking the loudest I'd ever heard it up to that point. Um, and then Jay Cole walked in. <laughs> um, right in front of the student section just as like just you know in that moment like couldn't couldn't get any like when you just can't just when you think you can't get any crazier it does and then you know we obviously to go on to it's a good cl close game back and forth but we go on to win actually relatively handily um as just a kind of the hallmark of what that season would be the run we would go on and then I guess like we can just y'all ready to just snake it back with our you know just top moments of all time Oh, yeah. I can go ahead and yeah, take please. Me. All right. Number one for me, it's hard to pick because, like, you know, my top six, like my list that I have on my big board, they're all incredible moments. But I have to say my number one, if I'm going for it, Danny Green, dunk on Greg Paulus and Cameron in 2008. I think y'all know the one. You should know the one. Any Carolina fan, they know the one. They've seen the picture. They've seen the video. Um, I was actually watching back, like, whenever I go back and, you know, I watch this video – multiple times every year um, right before in the, the lead up to every Duke game, to just get myself hyped. Um, you know, is if you actually, it's kind of crazy to go back and watch it. This actually predates like the restricted area and the paint, which, you know, is just goes to show why that's there anyway. It's like, that's Duke's fault anyway. Cause Paulus, you know, 
try to do the classic Duke move, just stand under the basket and draw a charge. And Danny Green wasn't having any of that. Yeah, that's no doubt the best uh, in my, I think from what I know, the best moment in, uh, since we've been alive, Carolina and Duke, probably Carolina basketball, other than winning national championship. So, yeah, that's every, like you said, every time Duke and Carolina comes up, it's like just watch that on replay nonstop. That's all I want to do. Yeah, um, I couldn't imagine seeing that, like, in the arena happen to my player. Uh, my soul would be taken out of my body at that point. I, I might have to leave. Uh, definitely not cheer the rest of the game because that was just vicious. Uh, I mean, of course, they put it on T-shirts. That's actually not even just a poster, but it's a T-shirt. <laughs> oh, Danny boy. Anymore. All right, so for my pick here, UNC, NC State football game, the Gia return. Okay, well, yeah. wow, I was in middle school then. I was watching this on TV. Wow. This was about the first, like, kind of my earliest, like, Carolina football memory, actually, because I was never, like I said, I was never super mm -hmm. huge into Carolina football until I actually became a student, but I remember watching this one on TV. This is, like, my – I think it was maybe my first – yeah, I'm still in this one for Matt because, uh, lo and behold, he was in the arena uh, for this game too, but – I think this is like my first UNC football game that I was just not like too young to remember that I actually went to like knowing the stakes and everything and um, not watching on TV anymore. Um, got the tickets from a friend, uh, close game with state, you know, not really knowing who should win, you know, throw the records out of the window when you're playing each other. And with a few, like with a, less than a minute left in the game or so, it was set up to go into overtime, I believe, but, um, I guess NC State was trying to score and do something with the ball. They went three and out, so we were going to get it back. And Gio Bernard didn't get the radio call because we were in the stands for this. Um, makes the return. Key blocks, runs into the end zone in front of the student section. Everyone's going crazy. Um, I was there with my dad, and it was um, absolutely unbelievable. Already having that hatred for State to beat them in that fashion – Easily a top moment for me of all time. Yeah, thanks for stealing that, Will. Uh, you know, that was obviously going to be my pick. It was number two on my big board. Yeah, yeah. Um, if we're going just all-time Carolina moment, my favorite player in Carolina basketball history is Wayne Ellington. Grew up playing basketball. 22 was my number. Like, he was just my guy. So, wasn't in the arena for this one, but – when he hit the game-winning shot versus Clemson, that was – I still watch this over and over again today. Um, they drew up a – Roy drew up a perfect play as he could, as he often did. And Wayne Ellington, with his beautiful form, gets the ball on the wing, pulls up, and hits the game-winning shot. Clemson wasn't a bad team back then, I'm pretty sure. Um, so that's my favorite moment if I wasn't in the arena. If I was – I'm just going to take another one. Uh, Cam Johnson dunk versus Gonzaga my freshman year um, What was another. I didn't know if we were doing in the – if you had to be in the arena. I didn't remember if Nathan said he was in the arena for the Danny Green dunk or not. But I was I was in Cameron, so – Oh, okay. Um, I definitely was not. Okay. I don't I – mean, people talk about it all the time. I don't know if I could bring myself to actually go to Cameron Arena even for a Carolina <laughs> Duke game in all honesty. I just hate it so much. I don't believe you on that one. Yeah, yeah, Matt, would you ever go to a game? In Cameron? Yeah, UNC yeah, Duke because game. I went to a game in PNC 
um, and it was the most fun of my life uh, because state fans absolutely, obviously, when we won the game, state fans hated us. This was my freshman year, so yeah, going in the Cameron and being the villain. I mean, I live to be the villain. That's that's what I want to be. So this man wants to go in and cook up some brownies and steal them from you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're going to get honorable mentions. Um, I'm just going to say, like, throw it out there, like, narrowing it down to just one is incredibly hard because we just leave out some all-time moments. But we've got, you know, two massive game winners that I think are definitely should be there. And we've we talked about it a little bit, hinted at this already, but one of them's Luke May against Kentucky. Yep. That's an all-timer. And, of course, the GOAT himself, his Aaroness, Michael Jordan, game winner versus – Georgetown. I think you got to – I mean, we can't have a list of, like, all-time moments without – Can't those. go wrong with those. Those are definitely two – other than national championship, just winning the national championship, those are the top three moments, I'd say, in Carolina basketball history. But that was a real yeah. fun draft. Uh, oh, sorry, well, I don't mean to cut you off. Oh, yeah, no. Let me just say this real quick, and I'll let you help us wrap it up. Uh, Nathan, thanks for throwing those out there so that we can cover ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Not acting like we forgot those plays because they're on my big board, too. Um, but I mean, we said this before, we say this to us every week, like how grateful and like luckily we are with like all these top plays that then you can't even include his airness, um, game winning for championships in these uh, types of drafts. I mean, in our defense, like we're talking that this is definitely recency bias. We're a couple of 20, young 20 something year old recent grads are almost grads. Like none of us were even like close to being around when Jordan hit that shot. So it's like, but we, we definitely understand, we know, and we respect the history for sure. For sure. And uh, we'll see how the fans feel. I'm sure Mandy will uh, have a little bit of criticism <laughs> for us. We, we all know how Mandy is. So we'll put the graphic out this week, uh, get the episode out, and I'm, I'm excited to see what the fans think, how we did. Well, absolutely. I think we killed it. Thanks again, Nathan, for bringing up this topic for us. Absolutely. This Thanks for having really me on. great blast. Yeah, I always love to share my UNC love and knowledge of games with everyone else. So um, this is great also. Um, and a good way to like get in, not just like great games, but like the moments um, themselves. So yeah, I, um, hopefully we can have you on again soon. As we've been telling everyone else so far, like please come back, let us know. Um, I'm hoping we can do a lot of stuff before football season starts. So that'd be pretty exciting. Thanks guys. Yep, thanks for uh, being on, and see you again. Go Heels.